Trivandrum Chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. National Institute of Personal Management, established in 1980, is one of the premier organizations of professionals engaged in human capital management, industrial relations, employee welfare, and human resource development in the country. And IPM is a non-profit organization registered under the Society's Registration Act and devoted to the development of skills and the expertise of HR professionals through regular and active programs like webinars, seminars, workshops, conferences and publication of research papers through its chapters all over the country. And IPM Trivandrum Chapter is one of the oldest and most dynamic chapters in the country and has always been at the forefront in organizing various professional activities. Our activities are aimed at HR professionals and thus enabling them to reskill and upskill to face the demands and the challenges of the disrupted era. In addition, an IPM Trivandrum Chapter regularly conducts an advanced program on labor law for HR excellence. To bridge academia with the industry, an IPM student chapters are formed in B-schools. Besides programs like face-to-face with executives, the chapter organizes special programs for the benefit of the student members intending to create awareness on HR and its functions. Also, student chapters providing its members a platform to develop leadership skills and evolve as a professional after their studies. An IPM Trivandrum chapter presents Insights, a podcast series for HR professionals. Hi, and welcome to an all-new episode of Insight NIPM Talks with your new host, Ajish. This episode is brought to you by iHits Technologies Private Limited Cochin. iHits provides best-in-class HRMR solution to enterprises across the world. Leadership has always been an exciting topic of discussion, but recent changes have made things more interesting. As organizations go more digital, it is important to learn how these changes in the fizzy digital landscape of the organization has impacted leadership. To learn more about this exciting topic, we are delighted to have Mr. Srihari Vyas joining us from New York. Srihari is an experienced global HR professional with a strong blend of transformation, consulting and internal corporate human resource management experience. He has worked with world-class organizations like Aon Hewitt, Ernst & Young, and is currently Senior Director HR, Managing Global HR Business Partner, Strategy and Technology at Cognizant. He is an alumnus of Four School of Management and IIM Calcutta. He has worked extensively in India, US, Middle East and North Africa. Welcome Srihari to the show. Recently, we learned about the research project that was done in association with MIT Sloan's B School. We would like to know more about the study. But first things first. Is this transformation new to the leaders and do they think they are future ready? Thank you so much, Ajish, uh, for the warm introduction and uh, welcome. Uh, it's, it's as always a pleasure to talk to you about uh, a topic that's close to our uh, hearts. And we've, we've always had the conversations around this topic formally and informally, but uh, you know, it, it's just wonderful to be doing this podcast together. Okay, that aside, uh, let me come back to your uh, question. Uh, see, um, a transformation is not something new in this world, right? So when we say digital transformation, I see that as, you know, another transformation. The reason I'm saying that is if you really go back in time, uh, and, and there is a reason why this is called uh, the fourth industrial revolution. So 
if you really go back to the first three industrial revolutions that occurred, you would notice that the first one that occurred in the uh, 1700s, uh, you know, that was a time when um, uh, we used water and steam power to mechanize production. So that was the biggest transformation that happened at that time. And the second one, which happened in the 1800s, used um, electricity, electric power to create mass production, you know. So initially, we we learned to, in the first industrial revolution, we learned to mechanize production. The second one, we used electricity and for mass production. The third one is where uh, electronics and uh, information technology came in and, you know, we started automating production, you know, the, the whole uh, industrial revolution as we know that happened across the world in, in the mid, mid-1900s and, and so on. Uh, and later, uh, and the fourth industrial revolution is now building on the third, which is, uh, you know, sort of digitizing the world. And, you know, it's kind of blurring the uh, space between physical infrastructure, digital infrastructure. Uh, you know, it's kind of becoming one big world, right? So when we really look at transformation, you should put that in perspective and think that, uh, is it something new that we are experiencing this world in workforce? No, uh, the world has seen many transformations. Um, are there leadership implications of transformation? Yes, but then uh, is it something that leaders are facing for the first time? No, because we've had transformations and revolutions in the past. So um, just putting that in perspective um, and, and then coming to your specific question of leadership, uh, yeah, it's super important that leaders recognize this transformation. It is very important that they are um, prepared for this transformation and they uh, you know, if, if they feel they're not prepared, they do everything possible to prepare themselves for this transformation. And um, I'm saying this in the context of a project that I worked on uh, with MIT Sloan Management Review. This was in uh, uh, this was a report that was published in the Davos uh, Economic World Economic Forum in 2020, and we actually studied. Uh, um, uh, the topic of leadership, future of leadership, and we surveyed up close to 5,000 people. We spoke to uh, close to 25 ex-CEOs of companies. We had focus group discussions, and we kind of published this report, and I was so fortunate to be part of that project. Now, um, when you really look at the outcome of that exercise, you will see that um, uh, we, we saw some startling data points there, right? And we saw that 9% uh, feel uh, and this is, I'm talking about a survey of 5,000 people, 9% um, felt that our organization already has leaders with the skills we need to thrive in the digital economy, right? We're talking about digital revolution, but only 9% feel that they have organizations, um, that they have leaders with the skills we need to uh, thrive in the digital economy, right? Startling. Uh, you know, 12%, only 12% felt that the organization's leaders have the right mindsets to embrace the changes we need to make um, uh, to, to survive in this economy. And um, uh, only 13% felt that the organization as such uh, is ready to uh, compete in this digital economy. So if you really go back and, and think about it, um, most believe that the organization is not ready to compete in the economy. Uh, most believe that uh, um, uh, they don't have the right kind of leaders in the company and almost all of them believe that uh, they don't have whoever has leaders they don't have the right kind of uh, mindset uh, to embrace the change so if you if you think about it you're looking at the revolution you're looking looking at a at the fourth industrial revolution a big transformation around digital but then there are organizations and people who feel that uh, we are not ready for it Right, so the, the implications are huge, and we'll talk a little more about in 
uh, you know in this podcast and i'll share more insights as we talk talk more about this but it's 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 just super important to recognize that we do have a problem right we do have a gap to fill and it is important for the leaders themselves to recognize it it is important for the uh, you know organizations to recognize it and create ecosystem for so that these leaders can come in and uh, build that themselves prepare themselves for the uh, for the change for the transformation that is happening well these are some very bold numbers and i'm sure they have a story to tell but why do leaders feel they're not prepared yeah now that's a great question ajish um why are the leaders um, uh, not prepared or why do why do people feel that leaders are not prepared now in order to understand that um, we need to understand uh, the landscape in which they operate in and then explore factors that might be contributing to that uh, perception or or the reality of it um when you look at the context so i'm going to talk about four four aspects of it you know one that talks about uh, the broad uh, context second that talks about uh, a few tensions that these leaders are you know operating around uh, we will talk about some uh, blind spots that um, uh, you know that these leaders might have and uh, we'll also talk about uh, the mindset shifts that might be required or the the kind of mindsets that leaders should be uh, should be having uh, let's come back to the first one right uh, which is about the overall context so if you really look at it there are three major forces at play here one is uh, 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 one is digital right we spoke about digital transformation now digital is transforming everyday lives and it's disrupting different business models that we have so we're seeing this every day now when you say digital you know what what do we mean in this context right what are the factors that um, yeah, that sort of uh, shows us that there is a disruption happening now um, uh, if you really look at this whole uh, digital transformation or the shift that's happening you'll see that um, it's very easy to get into digital right i mean reduced barrier of entry it's not like you're setting up a big factory and you need capital investment or something you have the functional expertise you know how to code you can develop an app and then you know suddenly that becomes a hit and suddenly you have a business there so um reduced barrier of entry is very important uh, and it's an important factor that is disrupting the market uh, data data has become more powerful than oil right so like they say data is a new oil um so if you have a business that um, uh, that has data in it and uh, which has the potential to generate more and more data and insights it becomes very powerful the customers in this context they're very informed right you can't you can't just say something promise something and not deliver it or just say something and do something else because customers are informed about it and uh, naturally the the changing nature of work coupled with this digital transformation uh, makes it a very interesting context to work in uh, the second aspect of the first uh, uh, you know the context that we are referring to is um, uh, the workforce right um uh, now uh, the new generation is taking over the work 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 workplace with uh, new expectations um they need a compelling purpose to be working in an organization they are born in technology you know it's it, technology is not a big differentiator for them um it's almost like an enabler for them it's an it's a hygiene factor you know you're operating in a in a hyper connected environment so uh, connectivity and you know staying relevant staying in touch with uh you know whatever is happening around you is very important for that group um 
uh, autonomy uh, at work is very important. They reject hierarchy and, and so on and so forth. So again, you're looking at the digital transformation and you're looking at digital transformation in this context of uh, a, an entirely new workforce uh, coming into the picture. And the third factor is market dynamics, right? The different market dynamics that you're seeing, they are forcing companies to stay agile and make faster decisions. You know, you don't now have, uh, you know, I mean, we used to hear five-year plans all the time. Now, nobody's doing five-year plans because, you know, after five years, you have no idea what is going to stay and uh, what's not going to stay. So it's it's now uh, it's now becoming more um, more of uh, becoming an agile organization that can respond to changes very quickly than planning for a longer period of time, right? Uh, geopolitical uncertainty. Uh, you know, we're working in operating in an environment where. Uh, and, and today when we're talking about it, it's even more relevant given what's happening in Europe. Um, climate change is important, data security loss in different places, it could be different. So, you know, again, just going back to the context, uh, lead, these leaders are operating in an environment which is seeing uh, digital transformation. Uh, it is operating in an environment where, where the workforce is new and it's demanding something completely different. And then the market dynamics are, uh, you know, pulling a completely different uh, uh, power here. The second one, the first one was the context and we spoke about these points. The second one, um, second factor here is uh, what we, we called as organizational and individual tensions at play. Now, there are, there are, you know, these leaders are always up operating with these tensions. You know, let's look at the organizational tensions first. Um, globalization, everybody's talking about globalization at the same time, everybody wants simplification. Everybody is talking about innovation. At the same time, uh, countries and uh, you know other groups talking about regulations. Um, everybody wants digitization, but everybody wants humanization as well. Uh, you know, everyone w wants to collaborate, but you know you need differentiation as well. So you know, really look at an organization in this context. You see that there are these tensions pulling you in different directions, right? And that's the organizational level tensions. Then you are as an individual, as a leader, you're operating within the organization, you operate with certain tensions or pull factors here, right? One is uh, giving it autonomy versus driving accountability. Uh, you being an inspirational leader, you know, who can come out with ideas and so on, uh, versus being a lifelong student of uh, things and continue to learn things and so on and so forth. Uh, um, having a strategic vision uh, at the same time having operational focus. So there are these different factors that are pulling you in different directions. And as a leader, how do you stay balanced, right? So that's the second factor. So the first one, again, uh, we spoke about context. We spoke about digital revolution. We spoke about the new workforce. We spoke about market dynamics. And the second broad factor that we spoke about are the tensions which are at play. Now coming to the third, uh, you know, uh, third third factor here, um, that's the blind spots, right? So when we talk about blind spots, uh, what do we mean? Uh, now in the study that we did, uh, we asked this question to people um, and, and try and understood uh, what's really uh, what's really um, behind these blind blind spots, right? What's really uh, contributing to these blind spots? And we had some answers, but at the end of it, it was important for us to uh, put this in perspective and uh, really see see it from a completely different lens. So when we look at looked at blind spots, uh, we looked at four uh, types of blind spots. One was strategic, which uh, which included lack of clarity of purpose, vision, and strategy. 
Second was cultural, um, not living the values your company requires to succeed. Third was human capital, which is uh, talent practices not aligned to your vision and purpose. And fourth was personal, you know, as a leader, not knowing what you don't know, um, self-awareness and so on, uh, that impending personal growth. So again, uh, you know, uh, you have to you have to start thinking about a leader who is operating in a completely new environment, who is um, who is pulled in different directions by these um, uh, tensions that we spoke about, organizational tensions and individual tensions. And uh, then there are blind spots for, you know, for, for these individuals, right? The last point, uh, the fourth point that, um, uh, you know, that, that influences uh, leadership readiness um, is the lack of right skills and mindsets. You know, um, you, you, you're working in a different context. You're aware of your blind spot. Uh, you, you know, you have a, a certain outlook that you bring into the, bring to the table as a leader. You can navigate the tensions that you're going through. But at the same at the same time, even if you do all of this, you need to have the right skills and mindsets to be successful in this environment. Uh, that's uh, that's a non-negotiable. So, um, uh, what are these uh, what are these aspects that you need to consider? So, lack of the right mindset is very important. Uh, severe skills capability gaps, which is something that came out in the survey that we did. Um, that's it's very important that we we address that. Uh, lack of digital savviness. Uh, it was 82% of the executives actually believed uh, that uh, uh, digitally savvy leaders are critical to business success, but uh, many of them believe that we do not have enough uh, digitally savvy leaders. Uh, lack of organizational attention uh, is something that uh, that's super important here. Uh, from our study, only 40% of the respondents say that companies are building a robust pipeline of industry uh, leaders in the uh, company that they need, which means that um, uh, many of them believe, majority of them believe that they're not doing enough to build new set of leaders. So all these these four factors make the environment uh, in which the environment in which uh, the leaders operate in very complex, very difficult, and um, um, a good playbook for um, leadership preparedness uh, or lack of it uh, could be a, a lack of a playbook of leadership preparedness could be uh, hampering the way. Uh, leaders prepare themselves and organizations prepare these leaders. That's great. Tell us, Srihari, what would you recommend for the young leaders? What should they be doing to lead well and continue winning? Yes, um, good question. I'm sure as a new manager, as a lead, uh, new leader, this is there in uh, everybody's mind. Uh, I mean, sorry to disappoint, but I don't have any uh, any one great answer to this question simply because there is no uh, one answer to this question uh, each manager each leader um, um, I mean as individuals we are all unique right it's very difficult to say that okay this is a template for good leadership um, and uh, you know just take the template and go and be successful it's very difficult right because um, leadership success depends on how you take that base template but then make it your own you know customize it based on your strengths your uh, development areas your blind spots as long as you're aware of all of that and and that's where self-awareness as a factor becomes extremely important in your leadership journey um, uh, once you do that it becomes it becomes a, a you know a, a success journey for you because you know 
what you're good at, you know what you are not good at, you're, you're continuously striving to make yourself better uh, each day, uh, that's only going to help you. Um, another aspect that I've found is, uh, which is extremely uh, important is the ability to build trust. So all great leaders, in my opinion, are people who've been able to build trust um, amongst you know, their stakeholders, their team members, and you know, their leadership teams. Uh, once you do that, people are rallying behind you and they are going to do uh, what, um, uh, you know, what you want them to uh, really contribute to and so on. Um, and in the process, the other skill that becomes very important is your ability to build relationships, right? Um, uh, that relationship building skill is, you know, very, very critical and um, uh, leaders who are able to do that, able to connect with people and kind of build relationships at a formal and informal level, um, tend to do um, really well. Now, um, while I'm giving some of these points which are top of my mind, we didn't use a framework uh, in the project that I was referring to, the MIT project that I was referring to. And uh, we called it the three E's framework, right, uh, for skill sets and behaviors. Now, what we really did was the first E was uh, eroding, the second was enduring, and third is emerging. So we looked at skills uh, that were considered important. We asked this question in our survey also for uh, our respondents to pick skills under these buckets. So um, some of these skills are eroding skills, some of these skills are enduring skills, and some of these are emerging skills. And I don't think that needs explanation. Eroding skills are skill sets that are that were at some point considered important, but no longer uh, really uh, relevant in this changing world, right? Uh, your uh, uh, enduring skills are the ones which are time-tested, right? Uh, things like trust, things like ethics, uh, integrity. Uh, these are super important and, you know, without these, uh, you know, as a leader, uh, you can't be successful. And then there are emerging behaviors which are um, uh, which are becoming more and more important. So as noted earlier, you know, 82% of survey respondents um, and virtually almost all of them interviewed uh, in this process indicated that digital savviness is a non-negotiable leadership skill required for the future. Now, um, in, in like 20 years ago, two decades, three decades ago, I don't know if uh, respondents would have said something similar because that's that's what the market is striving towards and people see that as an essential skill now so um, our our effort was to really look at these skills and uh, uh, consider them under like different buckets um, and um, uh, we, we created a model so eroding skills are things like asking for permission before you do something you know um, reinforcing command and control managing top down avoiding transparency you know or just kind of i'm giving an order and uh, you don't need to know more about it just go ahead and do it right uh, that's an eroding skill a uh, micromanagement is an eroding skill maybe at some point it was considered to be a good management skill because you're able to really manage at the lowest level possible no longer works uh create rigid long-term plans here's my five-year plan and i'm going to do this at the end of five years now we are changing right uh, agile methodology we want to be like um, every day or every um, a month or a quarter we want to see the progress and and uh, that's becoming important um, enduring skills some of them are creating a uh, clear vision so leadership uh, leaders should be able to 
uh, inspire uh, their teams, articulate the uh, clear vision, uh, focus on performance. You know, you can talk about all of this, but results are important. Performance is very important. Profit orientation is an enduring skill. Uh, I mean, you can grow, but then you need to grow profitability, uh, profitably for a business, right? Uh, customer centricity is super important. Uh, leading by example is uh, an enduring skill that we have identified. Taking risks, uh, leading change, demonstrating ethics and integrity, especially for the new generation, that's just, just considered very important. And that's an enduring skill. Uh, when you look at emerging skills, uh, being purpose-driven is very important. Uh, nurturing passion uh, is very important. Uh, data-driven, right? Uh, it's becoming more and more important every day. Uh, being authentic in your leadership style is important. Empathy is important. Being inclusive is important. Uh, working across boundaries has become a very uh, emerging skill. Uh, showing humility, you know, be a very, uh, you could be a great leader uh, in terms of your stature, but are you humble? Uh, you know, are you uh, are you able to connect with the lowest level um, employee with with that kind of empathy? And you know, are they able to connect with you? So. There are many, many questions that come up. And uh, as you think about many of the skills that you might have seen in different managers that you work with or other other leaders that you work with, you will be able to easily identify which of those skills you consider are uh, consider are um, eroding, enduring or emerging. Right. If this is an exercise that you can do it for yourself as well. These are my strengths. Do you think um, uh, this actually this falls under eroding skills, enduring skills and emerging skills? These are these are just quick. Um, uh, uh, exercises that you can do to really uh, do a sense check of where you stand or you know um, um, and then consider that as an input uh, to develop uh, yourself and become a better leader as you move forward so these are again you know uh, I don't want to be too theoretical here but this is how this is how uh, we saw the results and we found this model very interesting because and now we have we have like a way to look at these skills, right? Earlier it was all like a mix, ma uh, mix and match kind of skills that we have seen, but now we've kind of segregated them into these three buckets. And as organizations look at their development programs or you know try and develop skills of people, this is a very nice framework to uh, use for them as well. Yeah, hope hope that kind of uh, helps helps you think uh, about behaviors and mindset in a certain way. Great leaders are not born, but made, and for sure a structured approach in creating the right competencies and the necessary mind shift matters, not just to be successful, but also sustainable. Thank you Srihari for this very insightful talk and we look forward catching up with you in future as well. Thank you. Thank you Ajish. Um, it was wonderful talking to you and uh, thank you for the opportunity. This episode was brought to you by iHits Technologies Private Limited Coaching. iHits provides best-in-class HRMS solution to enterprises across the world. The NIPM Talks Podcast Titles Insights is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement related to the topics presented here. Reference to any specific product or entity or solution does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by NIPM or its chapters. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance in the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent.